You are now tuned in to Queen Tone, a podcast where all women, especially black women, are invited to share their thoughts, opinions, and experiences with the world without being asked to check their tone. This is a safe space to tune in to hear two millennial women's take on social, political, comedic, and straight up what the fuck topics every other week where we bring it to you straight, no chaser. Because let's be real, it's usually never actually the tone that's too loud, but rather the truth. I'm Dana, a Detroit player paid for being a nerd with my tech savviness and product mindset, but known for my love of 90s R&B, comedic wit, and very on-brand Capricorn lifestyle. And I'm Mita, paid for being a bad bitch and improving people's lives, but also known for my ability to speak truth to power and dance to the beat of my own drum. Real Aquarius shit. And this is Queen Tone. And we're back. Queen Tone. Queen Tone. Why take you so long? When I said and we're back, that was like cute. Queen Tone, and then I was. Like, I was. Oh, I be trying to. I be trying to switch it up. I don't know. I don't know. Y'all tell us how should we do it? Should we just freestyle it every time, or should there be a way that we do it? Like Queen Tone, Queen Tone, Queen Tone, Queen Tone, Queen Tone. Or should we have one of our fans? Or intro, yeah, yeah. Let's outsource. Let's outsource my baby. <laughs> queen tone, queen tone, queen. Um, queen tone. Under, you know what? Underrated top five, top two intro songs for Nickelodeon. Clearly, all that. I mean, you can't beat me. But Taina, that theme song, the show, I, I did not watch it. I'm not gonna hold you up. I know a few episodes. Oh yeah, I used to watch, really it. watch it. But the theme song. Solid. Wait, it can't be top two because all that and, and I guess and Cousin Skeeter. Cousin Skeeter's up there. 702? Uh, yeah, but it, I, but that's just a remake of the song they had already released. At least all that theme song is original. Oh, it's original. Well, no, that's um, no, I'm thinking of Keenan and Kel with Coolio. They had a pretty, I've had a pretty good intro Coolio. with Coolio. Um, I, I don't know. Like you know what song? And sound good. You know what song that's randomly I was like in my head as if it was actually a song was from the Fresh Prince when Ashley performs the song. Um, oh, um, boy, I'm trying to play with my mind. Boy, she had that one. Yeah, yeah, that one. Okay. <laughs> yep, you did something there. I enjoy her music career. Doing her music, her music career like full time. That's what she said. Yeah. So, I would have bought it. I would have bought subsequent albums from her. That was a solid project. She had a good single. Will Smith was the feature artist on her first single. It was a yep. good song. It was Daydreaming. Daydreaming. Pure 90s. Oh, I missed it. Then right. I, I got this margarita in my hand. I sound so old. They you don't do. make music like these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I wish I could see me with bonnet margarita in hand and just leaning into the mic. They don't make music like they used to. Like, they really don't. At the time last night, we had a time last night. <laughs> um. How was your week? oh my god how the hell are we already midway through october i just feel like the end of the year is coming very quickly bro 
and there's no time. Um, November's like tomorrow. Um, so everything's going fast, Mm -hmm. but also then still very slow. Um, I have a lot of, a few more travel trips to do. Um, some for work, some for play. Other than that, pretty good. It's Halloween season. I'm not too big on Halloween. Um, well, I like the fall. And if I have a good idea for a Halloween costume, then I'm a I'm a I'm a fair weather Halloween fan. Okay. Yeah, I'm not really into I don't mind the fall. I don't like colds. So I really am dictated on the climate that I live in and I hate it. Um but I don't like being cold. And I feel like Chicago's never has good weather long enough. Um but yeah, you didn't ask me any of that. Like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> The seasonal depression just set in. As soon as you said fall, hmm. I started thinking about all that. I was literally thinking about how I was frolicking, frolicking in the grass, which I wasn't. I didn't do. I was at home all summer, but um, imagining myself frolicking in the summer. Just being the possibility of being able to frolic. I mean, you can now. It's just gonna yeah. be leaves, and you're gonna need to have some boots on. Uh, when is when the when is when the sun is out and it's in the fall? It's a good a good combo yeah when the sun was like out, I was apple orchard work on saturday and it was fine in the sun but unfortunately the place that we were standing in was overshadowed by a very big building so it was like freezing in the actual lot we were in but sunny 10 20 feet away in the sun i mean nice in the sun and that fucking sucks but anyway Damn. other than that uh, it's fine uh, I woke up every day. I went to work every day. I came back home every day. That's a blessing. My dog's good. Mm-hmm. Have you been on Twitter? Have I been on Twitter? The girls <laughs> were fighting this week. The girl, I couldn't keep up. Every time I went to see Me neither. Yeah. I went to a meeting. There was two more girls. You know what? I think the, the one, I tweeted this, the one beef I did not have on my rap girl beef card, bingo card, was between Chica and Suki. Yeah. <laughs> It, was, it got real weird towards Friday, y'all. It got real strange. I don't you know, know how you know how in like a whatever in micro braid, but I don't know what the fuck the girls are doing. But we all Beyonce, this is your fault. I would like to call Beyonce Janelle Nose Carter to the carpet. Just come up, <laughs> this, this, put the Tiffany's down. Come here, come here. It's it seemed like it seemed like after a while. People were just jumping in. You know how if it's like a cafeteria fight in a school, after a while, pe- niggas just jumping in, <laughs> just like everybody yeah. get a lick. That's what it seemed like. If you're, like not, you was looking for an excuse to fight that one yeah. girl, but you never had an excuse that you could really go home. With yeah, but then, but like, now since everybody fighting, like, oh, you can just be like, every everybody, you I know, fists were flying. I just, I didn't know how to react. I was just, you know, defending. Yeah. Um, but if you aren't on Twitter, or don't know what we're girls, talking about. The girls that nobody cares about. <laughs> right. The girls that um, nobody care about are getting dragged into beefs. Yeah, our elder, Nicki Minaj. And I do mean, and I mean that respectfully. I mean that respectfully because she has been in the game a very long time. She has sold millions of records. Um, and she's an icon. But she's insecure about her legacy. And I'm so tired of it showing up on the internet. Yeah. Because... 
you're arguing with she has this she has this it, it can only be me or kiss the ring mentality which i personally hate and i and like mind you we don't know these people so take everything we're saying with the grand thought but anyway in my in, in, in this paper i will analyze <laughs> why Nicki minaj is insecure about her legacy she continues to go into these very public fights with other female rappers who have paid homage to her, some who have, some who don't. She has a point two times a day, just like any clock, even if it's broken. And But she continues to like capitalize on that, and it's very, very annoying, and I would like her to stop, because it's making me not want to listen to her music. Um, you know, I am a stripper fight music enthusiast. I have a playlist on Spotify. Go ahead and look that up. It's called Stripper Fight Music. Follow me. Um, so I really dig this. I don't listen to niggas at all. Like, I, I cannot tell you the last man I, song I listened to in my iPad. I mean, in my iPod. Like, couldn't I tell you? So, like, I love all the rap girls. Um, some more than others. But I feel like because there's so much to choose from, she's just feeling really insecure. Everybody else is getting number ones before her. Everybody else is, you know, going diamond and all these other things. But she just has to see it as a way that she's paved the way. And that she doesn't have to bring other people into her like mess because she's the only one who she thinks she's the only one who deserves to eat at this. Mm. And be the only one. Yeah. Um, to flourish or thrive. Yeah, I just. I mean, yeah. just get the get the, the music out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get, get the music out. Like yeah, Lotto said. Lotto said, my, <laughs> "You older than my mama." <laughs> she did. Now, Lotto. Again, nobody's one hundred percent right in all this because she did bring up, you know, the whole sexual assault situation, which we all know. But also, Lotto, like, you're not exempt from associating yourself with people who have sexual thought uh, yeah. allegations or conviction. So, like, you just can't, like, I don't like that. Like, don't pull it out if you're gonna, not going to hold yourself accountable by the same standards. But, um, and again, Nikki had a point. Why is Super Freaky Girl not rap? It's, pop, it's not pop. But they don't like her, so they don't want her to get a Grammy. So they're putting her in a category that doesn't match, which is yeah. you know. But like, but that's not her. And, that's not her and Lotto's battle to fight. That's what her and the Grammys need to go and fight. Like, well, yeah, I mean, but like Lotto said, if we wasn't even behind the scenes, I probably would have openly supported you. But I don't fuck with you, so why would I help you? I'm yeah, sure Lotto, some would agree. Like, oh, Big Energy is a pop song. I mean, it is. A, it is a pop song. Yeah, it's very much pop song. Um, so like, but like she said in her DMs, and on, and I'm <laughs> she recorded her, <laughs> which I'm pretty sure is illegal, but also was very necessary in that instance. It depends on what state. I think if you can record as long as one party can say, and if you that one party, then it goes wow. through from all of my uh, speaking of Los Angeles City Council. I don't know what y'all thought y'all was on that audio got released this week. Did you hear about this? Oh wait, it's not about niggas. It's no, it's about well, kind of. Um, the <laughs> like, it's about council members of Los Angeles were caught on tape saying some very racist things. Oh about, yeah, yeah. And then, but then her apology yeah. was like, "I hope I can continue to in- inspire young Latino girls," but it was not yeah, an actual apology. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> inspire so, what? Thanks. 
Um, so recorded, secret recorded conversations, everybody is online, pins and needles, right? Because nobody knows who recorded that. But anyway, I'm glad a lot of recorded it because it just, again, I think the bars especially, like, really, I mean, and They're I think what did they call the Kanye people? What are, because the Kanye Idiots. people and the Barb's people have a crossover that we don't talk about enough. Um, but yes, whoever they are, but anyway, like the Barb's will try to explain anything away and it just doesn't make sense. So anyway, the Rob girls are beefing. It's all Beyonce's fault. And I would just like visuals and store tickets. That's all I'm asking for. Yes. And you hear that, um, Beyonce, well, yes, Beyonce is going on tour next summer, summer 2023, but also we should stay tuned for Rihanna as well. Yeah, yeah. And Janet? I'll be there. Yeah. Oh, Janet is? Oh, I'll be there. Oh, I'll be at that. I'll be yeah. there. Janet yeah. Yeah. But I say that with, with I have a whole bunch of asterisks. Please don't be on a Sunday night. Please don't, <laughs> please don't be doing during a random weekday, please be at a venue that has a train close. Actually, to just it. send send um, the details to Nina. Let her <laughs> proof them. <laughs> Let her proof them. the tour dates and locations and venues. Right. Just please send you don't some be notes. a standing room only venue. <laughs> no, the, none of none of because these artists. There's a whole bunch of people I wanted to see. I really wanted to see um, Lil Nas X. He came. He came to be on a north side that's in a room only. And I was just like, I like him, but not enough. Yeah. To go I, to the north side and to stand. You gotta pick, you gotta pick the struggle. <laughs> um and Lizzo came on a Sunday night, you know. Mm. So I was thinking about it, thinking about it, and I was like, nah, I'm not gonna go. So anyway. It's been a few girls. Oh, hey, Lonnie was on the north side. I love hey, Lonnie. I've seen her live many times, but I wasn't going up there. Mm-mm. Yeah, so, I'll definitely anyway. be for Beyonce and Ree. Um, but yeah, hopefully the the rap girlies. You want to say who? I want to see Janet. Oh yeah, yeah. she's going on tour because you mentioned Janet Jackson. Oh yeah, yeah. It's I would I, her. yeah. I'm not. I'm not pressed to see her the same way I'm as as Beyonce. Um, yeah, our anniversary passed what was supposed to be our anniversary yeah this actually really wasn't a good week for me um so i'm, okay, so I'm glad it's fine. i'm glad it's fine. we uh we're going on another date um in march yes looking forward to that yes right, well, um, we're excited to get into the topic for this week we still gotta do halloween oh i forgot about that part rewind <laughs> um so yeah you know we halfway through october now um halloween season are you a halloween buff are you super into scary movies decorating costumes all of that you know i'm personally not but i have been thinking as a homeowner i was like oh i should like decorate or like give the kids candy or something be a good neighbor um, so those thoughts have been coming to me lately where I'm like, oh, should I decorate, like put some fake cobwebs on my fence or something? Have I done it? No, but I have thought about it. Um, <laughs> That's a step. That's the first I step. I think it would be cute. <laughs> um, but other than that, no, I'm not really into it. And then, yeah, depending on the Halloween, I think 
we're very similar where it's like do I have like somewhere to go and I'm supposed to be something or or if not then I'm not doing anything yeah I'm definitely more of a um fall activity person than the actual Halloween now I do love a good um like the hollow weekends at theme park type of things but I don't want to go do mm-hmm. the super scary shit I like the 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 13 and under type of scary shit I just don't like <laughs> I, like I yeah. already have anxiety I don't need to be the the suspense the I'm good on that so most of my scary movies that I have yeah. watched are very basic yeah um I think the what was supposed to be a thriller on Netflix the watcher I was just confused um and I'm still confused after finishing the, the series. So I think my confusion overshadowed the eeriness. So it wasn't that scary to me. Um, mm-hmm. But do you have go-to for you shows, movies? It's like th- this family moves into this really nice house in this suburban neighborhood and a whole bunch of eerie shit starts happening. They start receiving letters in the mail, like someone's watching their house and they know intimate details about the family. And then you just kind of follow them through that. Um, wow. and then it kind of gets revealed. It's based on a true story too. So I guess that's what's supposed to be creepy about it. No. Um not for me. Mm-mm. I don't do yeah. scary. Honestly, even the shows that I watch, like Game of Thrones, I have to watch on mute or I have to turn away. Anything that's oh Game of Thrones scary is scary to you? I, 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 I yes, I literally gave up on Walking the Dead, like five seasons in, because I, it gave me too much anxiety while watching it. Oh. Um, although I, I love Witches, Warlocks, and like, I love like magic, and I like, you know, like mystery and like stuff like that. Fantasy, like Scooby Doo. Like gore or violence <laughs> <laughs> or scary. Yeah. It has to be very PG. Um, yeah. It is, I can't, yeah. I so, can't do demonic. I had to, I had to stop watching. Um, the, the the Sabrina the new version on Netflix. Oh, I was like, oh, yeah. this is this is entering. I I know I sound like somebody's grandma, but I was like, oh, this is this is entering a little bit too much. <laughs> oh, baby! Right, too mm-hmm. too much of the too much of the too much. Yeah, yeah you know, demons mm-hmm. coming out like. Yeah. That, you know what? One of the scariest movies is Skeleton Key because it's too real. I feel like. Once you start actually, because the message of that is really that if you believe it, it will happen. Oh, right? the girl is yeah. trying to say like, oh, I don't believe. See, I never, I've never even seen that. I've never seen that. Movie. And it kind of gets her. I don't play with stuff like that. Thriller still mm-hmm. gives me a little bit of the the shakes. Okay, <laughs> not thriller. Okay, no. When I was when I was That's when I was a one. kid when I was a kid, thriller definitely. Um. We'll have to watch it with the lights on. But the music, I couldn't turn away because the music. Um, I also now feel like I like horror type movies with black people. So like Jordan Peele, Get Out. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Tales from the Hood. Get Out is on my list. Tales from the Hood. Too scary. Um, I used to watch it when I was younger, kind of. But I think that's set me up for being scared. It's too scary. I did watch um, Hocus Pocus 2 this weekend on Disney Plus. Did you like it? Um, it was cute. They it, they didn't really have to give me that. I could have I could have um, been cool with the original one, yeah. but obviously it wasn't <laughs> it for. Was cute. I, yeah. yeah, it was just. Eh. Um, I would probably watch the 
I'm glad it didn't have a love story in it. I was about I always like when story when there's stories about young girls that don't involve like a crush or like mm-hmm. like something Moana. like that or some relationship. Yeah. So like Moana. Like yes. um you know, twitches. No, not twitches. Twitch oh, is it twitching? Maybe. There's no love story in it. Is there? I don't remember. But there's a few. So my list is Hocus Pocus, of course, classic, which is two, not the first one, but the second one. Um, R.I.P. to Tia Mari and uh, her husband. Oh, you said that like this was a obituary. I'm like, what? What did I miss? No, No, I mean they're getting divorced. Yeah, they got oh, they got caught up in that that divorce week where everybody named Mama. Yeah, they did. Oh, Jesus. Left and right, left and right. There was the worst announcements. The attorneys were working. Like they had a two for one special that week. <laughs> um, practical magic, love is Sandra Bullock and it's Nicole Kidman. Love, love, love that movie. We watched it all the time. Now, is it about Halloween? Not really, but it's about witches, so it's great. The craft, the craft is another one. Not about Halloween, about witches. That is a classic. Classic, classic. Um, clue. Also, uh, not technically. Okay, so you're seeing a theme, right? You're seeing a theme. Um, but you like mystery whodunits, witches. Yeah, clue is my favorite genre of game, and like all the like the whodunit mm-hmm. type of things. Um, but I, I see, I see where your associations go. It's like witches, warlocks, <laughs> magic. <laughs> Voodoo, but less it's more about that, less about the mystery. Scary. Yeah, yeah. Who can forget scary movie? Scary movie. Oh yeah. Ugh, she should at least got with a security guard. <laughs> at least he can get you backstage. Like, come on. Like, let's be for real. The Regina's, I, you know. Uh, that's Regina not King. Uh-huh. Not Hall. The Hall. Love and acrimony. And so, why is acrimony on this list? Tyler Perry's wigs. acrimony. Frightening. Wigs, frightening. <laughs> How did she end up on the boat? Mystery. Okay. Um, dealing with the broke nigga that made you lose your mama house. You divorce him like a week before he becomes a billionaire. What is not more psychological? Psychological thriller. <laughs> what exactly? What is not more scary than that prospect? Imagine Taraji having to learn that script and shoot it within a week. Like Tyler Peel. Gary, rated <laughs> our material. It is. Like out of all I the can't. things. Uh, that writing. Oh my goodness. Um the writing, scary. The wigs, scary. The acting, scary. Oh, there's it's, another there's scary so movie. There's another scary movie. Um, it's a cute family movie I also watch um, on Netflix with Marlon Wayans and Kelly Rowland. The Curse of a Bridge Hollow. Oh, that came out. Hollow Bridge. Speaking. I saw yep. it. I think I saw the thing. This, yeah. Okay. It was cute. Um, let me it was it was cute it was yeah bad. oh no it was it, it was, was a cute, cute family yeah, yeah a cute little family oh. movie 
No, it wasn't bad. It wasn't uh-huh. bad. I probably like I never watched Imagine. it again, but like it was cute. It was cute. Um, <laughs> uh, what's the name of it? Look it up on Netflix, Kelly Rowland. Um, no, the curse I, of I feel Bruce like Allen. I saw the thing, but I didn't. Yeah, but I didn't actually like try to watch it yet. But no picking. Yes. Um. But cool, cool. So let's get into our topic for this week. Um, you know, I feel like we've touched on a lot of different topics relevant to us as far as progressing through our career. The last few episodes, we've talked about like burnout and pivoting and things like that. Um, I feel like also within just being millennials or at least in our age range, a lot of us move around geared towards our career. Um, so I think we can get into that. I know you've moved for work. I've moved way too many times. Um, so we also have a guest <laughs> on as well to talk about what it means to be relocating and starting over um, in multiple places, focusing on career growth. Um, and so we have with us Tangela Cheatham. Um, She was recently appointed as Central Michigan Athletics Deputy Athletic Director for Administration and Senior Woman Administrator in July 2022. Prior to Central Michigan, she served as the Associate Athletic Director of Administration at the United States Military Academy West Point and held administrative roles at West Virginia, overseeing student-athlete enhancement and inclusive excellence. She also served as a career specialist and academic coordinator in the athletics department at Iowa. A Detroit native, Eastside, Tangie earned a BA and BBA from Michigan and a Master's of Education in Adult and Higher Education from Oklahoma. She completed an internship with the National Association of Collegiate Directors of Athletics. In her free time, she enjoys 90s R&B, reading, watching sports, and spending time with friends and family. Tangie is also a Leo. Welcome to the show, Tangie. Hey, y'all. Welcome. Hopefully you can hear me. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, well, yes, thank you for having me on the show. We're thinking about diving into being able to start and stop and pick up and move geared towards a career. I can only think of the only person I know who's moved more than I have. Frank, <laughs> 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 got to be on the yeah, show. Yeah, we did have one overlap. We did have one. Overlap. Yeah, we did. We did have one overlap in New York. We almost had two. We almost had two. If uh, I had one out west, it would have been too far from where you were. Oh right yeah, Seattle, yeah. And but that was too far Seattle. for me. Yes, I'm glad that was not the overlap, yes. and neither one of us are, <laughs> are there. Um, but yes, yeah, so glad to have you on. Um, I know we kind of get an intro, but where are you currently, as far as your location i'm currently at my mother's house in harbor woods michigan no. um, but I, I um recently moved uh, from new york um i guess they consider it upstate like the monroe west point new york area um about an hour and a half from brooklyn um and now i'm back in the state of michigan in mount pleasant michigan which is literally the center of michigan uh, normally people ask me where i'm from and i say detroit and i don't throw up that mitten because people actually have heard of Detroit. Um, but uh, <laughs> Mount Pleasant, Central Michigan, where apparently DDG 
the um, young man that Chloe, right? Oh, he's from Hallie. 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 Michigan, apparently, for a little bit before he. Oh. Which random facts, but I'm just trying to find out all the things because, as you know, <laughs> the I. The young man there. that Hallie is involved with. <laughs> I can't sing one of his songs, but I know that the young people know who he is. So, who yeah. he is? It? I don't know. Yeah, I can't tell you none of his songs either. Little, little Mermaid's boyfriend. Apparently his nephew. Right, the mermaid is, man. Uh, right. There's this sound on TikTok that's like, I want to kill my mom. Yeah. That's his song? That's his nephew? That's his nephew. Oh. Okay, so that's not what yeah, we're talking about. Old shit. Yeah. Old as shit. That's his baby. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we do sound old. That's it. That's okay, right. <laughs> right. Right. But yes, I'm currently at Mount Pleasant, Michigan okay. at Central Michigan University in athletics. Cool. And take us through, I guess, starting from Michigan to kind of give us an idea of where you've moved and for what career moves if you a quick timeline from quick. graduating in Ann Arbor um for y'all that don't know Tangie also went to Michigan with us yeah. she's also our line sister mm-hmm. yes um so starting <laughs> from Ann Arbor a, that is a requirement for being on this show <laughs> yes <laughs> <You're gonna be laughs> out. um so from undergrad so I'm uh, just kind of this time I work in college athletics and so uh, Generally, you move around to move up in a lot of industries, but that's my industry specifically. So um, you meet people over time, you move. So after um, undergrad at Michigan, I went to the University of Oklahoma, um, very well-respected uh, athletics department. So I went there and I was a graduate assistant or to be a graduate assistant, you have to pursue a master's degree. So that's why I have a master's degree, um, because I went there and I worked in the athletics department. I was um, specific to student athlete uh, enhancement or development. So my um, career passion has been helping student athletes to discover who they are without their jersey. So who are you without your sport? And so that's kind of led to my uh, career path of moving around to kind of pursue doing that work and being in a room where conversations are had, where decisions are made about the impact uh, that will be had on student athletes, so their experience. So after um, the University of Oklahoma, I interned at an organization called the National Association of Collegiate Directors of Athletics. That's in um, right outside of Cleveland, Ohio. So I was close to home uh, for a year when I did that. And we could talk about more about why I chose to do that <laughs> um, after grad school. Um, after um, NACTA, I went, I worked at the University of Iowa um, in academics and student athlete development. So helping, uh, you know, progress toward a degree as well as figuring out what we want to do with life. Moved from Iowa because my passion is not the academic piece, more about pursuing life after college athletics. Um, went on to West Virginia University in Morgantown, West Virginia, um, <laughs> where I oversaw uh, all of our life skills programming, eventually had sport oversight, as well as led our diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. Uh, after my time at West Virginia, I went to the United States Military Academy um, or West Point in New York. That's where my back and I had overlap. So I got to spend some time seeing some people that were not affiliated with my job when I left work. And then um, for a number of reasons, I got a call um, to look into an opportunity at Central Michigan. And based on um, where college athletics is going, my reason for wanting to work in college athletics, I thought it was great to um, take the opportunity to, um, to come back home to the state of Michigan. And so some of the things that um, mattered in there is that I had opportunity to move up um, every time that I 
um, move. So I went from, and we could again talk more about athletics titles, but I started as a coordinator. Um, and then I was a director at West Virginia. And then I was an assistant athletics director at West Virginia. So essentially the goal is to get athletics director in your title, right? Um, Cause that shows progression. So director, then I was an assistant athletics director at a power five institution, went on to be an associate athletics director. And then I'm a deputy athletics director um, for internal basically. So we have a deputy for external deputy for internal, then our athletics director. So um, I think that was longer than what you asked for, but that's my story of moving. No, <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. All very yes. Bomb shit. Bomb shit. You can tell she good. interviewed very well. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I, so. I counted <laughs> six locations. Yeah, I've been. Moving. If I kept track, yeah, <laughs> I've been moving. Yeah. Did you growing up like in Detroit? Did you think like when you went to college, like, oh, I really want to leave Detroit, or I really want to leave Michigan? Like, was that something that you thought about when you were younger? No. So, um, and honestly, none of the places that I listed that I've lived in or worked were places that I mapped out. Um, there were kind of opportunities that came that I decided to make sense. So, no. When I started, I wanted to work in professional sports specifically for the Pistons, which, yeah, sure, it wasn't in Detroit. Mm-hmm. At the time, they were in mm-hmm. Auburn Hills. But that mm-hmm. was probably as far mm-hmm. as I was still, thinking. Yeah. Um, so no, I, I didn't, I didn't plan to necessarily leave the state. Um, but I was always open to the possibility. Um, yeah, definitely one thing in Iowa and West Virginia. Would you say that, um, given like the career that you went into, did you know that moving around was a part of it? And if you did, did that like influence to say, oh, I really want to do this because I'll have the opportunity to live other places? Or was this just a byproduct of you going into your career? It was a byproduct of me of me going into my career. Um, when I first decided, so like I said, I wanted to work in professional sports originally uh, when I decided I wanted to work in sports. And then through some things happening at Michigan, like seeing the student athlete experience, I decided that was more of my path. And I wanted to stay at Michigan. Like, if you had asked me, and whenever we were there, 2011, 2010, if you had asked me, I want to work at Michigan, I want to be at Michigan, I now think the best thing I have done is left um, Michigan, mm-hmm. left Ann Arbor. Um, if I stayed mm-hmm. in Michigan or stayed at Ann Arbor, um, I, I'm probably still an academic coordinator, right? And so that's not a bad thing. That's just not where my passion was. And so I think leaving was the best thing um, that I've done. And then I was able to learn so much more and get exposed to so much more from interacting with people to seeing new things, living on my own, being okay with that. um, It's been great. And lonely at times, but neither here nor there. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna we definitely gonna jump into that. We definitely yeah. gonna jump into that. Well, I, the yeah, the reason I was asking because even I mean, I've lived in two major cities, so I haven't jumped around as much as you two have. But I've lived away from. I haven't lived in Michigan since I left, and I hardly ever go back, honestly. Um, and so, but I was thinking like, oh, when I was younger, I guess I never thought that. I would stay in Michigan forever, even though it wasn't something. It was like, oh, I'm gonna move to LA, and like, because it's like I never, I was 
I'm about to become a movie star. Um, but I had aspirations of like leaving my current circumstances. But I think about the built environment a lot. So like I'm like, oh, I'm trying to get away from whatever the fuck this is. Um, so I was always thinking like I would I didn't know where I would end up, but I knew I wanted to go away. And then, you know, I got to live in DC senior year. And I think that kind of gave me like, oh, I can do this. Like I could I could live away from home and be all right. Mm-hmm. Like I I miss my friends like I always do. Um, but yeah, that was like something for me where I was like testing the waters, and I was like, "Oh, I, I think I can do this." So that's what I was asking. Dana, did you have aspirations of leaving Detroit or like living outside of Detroit before the end of college? The first thing I can remember of wanting to live somewhere else was I remember in high school I became obsessed with Love Jones, and I was like, "Oh, I'm moving to Chicago." But even then, it was Chicago. Of like, I had been to Chicago, you know, from is weekend trips, four hour drive, whatever. So that was like, oh, I'm going to live in Chicago and basically have that life. Um, I didn't seriously start thinking of being able to live somewhere else or at least not live somewhere else, but go somewhere else until getting in college and wanting to go into consulting where I was traveling every week. But it was less about living somewhere else and more about kind of having that, um, freedom and kind of being able to get on a plane and go and experience different things mm-hmm. all like on my job's dime as opposed to like being mm-hmm. able to travel um so no it was never a thought um even now when people ask me like where will I end up I always say I'll I'll have my final days definitely in Detroit but now I don't know it's become not that it's because I hate when people make travel a part of their personality. So not that it's a part of my personality, but it definitely has allowed me to move in a certain way that I feel like is invaluable. Learn so much about myself. Um, granted, it is lonely sometimes or even having slight a slight version of like, um, what's it called? Um uh, fear of commitment a little bit because now I'm kind of used to getting up and going so the idea of mm-hmm. sitting somewhere for too long now is a little bit weird or something I have to be be cognizant of um but yeah I never planned or thought about it but I, th- I think I'm five places four places um after Michigan was North Carolina then Chicago I was traveling for a year to D.C. every week. So I kind of say D.C. as an asterisk, uh, mm-hmm. Seattle and Brooklyn. Did I say North Carolina? And Chicago. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's and usually that's for, for work within every two, every two, two and a half, three years. Just about. Um, yeah, when I went to the secretary of state to get a different driver's license, my man asked me if I was running from somebody <laughs> because right. I had changed so many different, was like, all hey, those forms where they actually list all of your addresses in the last five years. Ugh, it, it trips me, it trips me up because the little security things where it's like, uh, which address is not yours? Uh, I'm like, shit, I all of them. Yeah. Or I feel like I'm not Amazon packages. Where have my Amazon packages been going? Yeah. That's how I know. <laughs> it's a lot of address or, or sometimes I can't remember like what I put my zip code what was my zip code when I signed up for whatever mm-hmm. I signed up for mm-hmm. like yeah 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 I'm sure there's a bunch of mail that people have tried to send me things <laughs> um, I don't know my my address changes my phone number don't change exactly. so 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do y'all? What do y'all see as like the best thing that came out of your experiences of moving so much? Like you're like people should experience this thing in their life. I think being able to navigate and kind of be on your own, um, like away from friends and family, so you kind of have to discover or put some work, energy, and effort into who you are as a person. I don't. I'm not saying that I fully figured all that out right but (laughs) but like I can't be I'm not like overshadowed by like what people think I am or thought I was like growing up it's more like I go and um I get to be who I am like you know I get to I don't have to I'm not held to whatever people thought of me coming up right so I think that Mm -hmm. that's one of the best things um because every now and then you'll see on social media what people talk about you know people leave but then they come back and it's kind of like jabs at it but I'm like no that's still a great thing even if you do leave wherever home is for you home happens to be Detroit for us but like wherever home is you leave and then you come back coming back is not necessarily a failure I think you've had a great opportunity to grow and develop as who you are. Um, especially, I mean, like I'm, I'm a single person, right? So I don't have like a family mm-hmm. and some of that. But even when you're family, mm-hmm. I think even if you have a family, a partner, kids, whatever, and they go, I think you all become, you know, something more, or something additional that maybe you wouldn't have had the opportunity to. Mm-hmm. What would look different if you kind of stay where you always were from, even though it's not bad either. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to act like that's not bad, but that was forced yeah. to have it. I think it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, best for you. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that, um, too, especially the part about like having to figure. And again, I haven't figured this all out, but having to figure out who you are separate from the identity that you're so used to of like and not to say that you can leave and become another person. But when I'm no longer so and so's <laughs> sister or daughter right. or whatever in, mm-hmm. in a certain environment, you are in those attachments and you have to go out and kind of figure it out for yourself, who you want to be, how you want to interact, um, being able to meet new people and kind of do things on my own and being comfortable in that. I too am not legally attached or responsible for any, for anybody. So I can move very freely. Um, and a, a perk of that is being able to experience different types of, as simple things as like, being in different parts of the country, you realize how different people are based off of the region or things like that. And you kind of have a different view of the world when you are able to meet different types of people and not just kind of stuck in your bubble um, or being comfortable. Um, I think too, one of the things that it's really helped or been beneficial to me is for my friendships. Cause I feel like well, when I was in Chicago, I lived around a lot of my my friends. Um, but it's definitely it's like I'm always in long distance relationships, whether it be with friends or family. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really yeah. shift the dynamic of the relationship because no matter what, I'm usually always having to build that long distance because whether I'm yeah. in Chicago or in Seattle, either way, I'm not near this person. Um, and then I'm lucky enough that I it's go definitely home to a different level of um, effort, effort for yeah. maintaining relationships. Absolutely. Yeah. And then I'm also lucky enough that I go home probably a little bit too much <laughs> um, when, whenever I feel like I go back. You do be Detroit. home a lot. <laughs> I do, like, yeah. Um, That's not a bad thing, though. Hey, they say that. As somebody I, who literally never goes home. Yeah, I rarely the, go home. 
if the if the key work i'm a i'm gonna be there like oh i'm gonna stay here um so i think that's you know what that's probably i don't feel like i have a place to go that's real like i don't have like where's home and and them niggas there yeah they there i mean my mom Um, is there my family yeah like i don't got a place to go yeah which makes a difference i mean even when i come up my Mm -hmm. my parents moved like when i was in grad school so like i don't have like a room right when i come home so like Mm -hmm. even when i do come i'm Mm -hmm. here for like a day and then i'm back out um just because i like at this point i like to be in my own space but (laughs) i really am attached to being away like moving away right after college and like having to have my own shit and honestly when i left my when i left for freshman year and i left my mama house i left her house i never lived back there never stayed there for any length of time um i always felt like oh like my home is like what i make it so like that's why yeah same i don't i definitely identify with i like being in my own shit Mm -hmm. because i'm used to having my own shit yeah so being in other people's spaces for too long it feels weird yeah, and now I'm at a point where people are starting to ask, like, oh, like, are you going to have a person or something? I'm like, I don't know where them or their stuff will go. <laughs> I can love, I absolutely have room in my heart to love and care about someone, mm-hmm. but we just may, you know, have our own spaces, but either here or there. Yeah. Nah, I feel that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. You gotta. Uh, I definitely feel that. I want to be able to know that you're around, but I don't gotta be up under you all the time. And then when I want to be up under you, I'll come find you. I'll send you a text and ask you what room you're in. There was a study. There was a study <laughs> done um, about couples who get married later in life. So I think it's like after 45, 50 ish that a lot of them still live in their established homes. Um, so like living in separate homes but still mm-hmm. being married mm-hmm. yeah and i'm like that sounds like a great idea it or does. like a you i get a master suite on the on the uh, on this side of the house you get something on that side mm-hmm. of the house because i feel like the the older i get and the more that i'm like you were saying so used to my own space and my own my own my own yeah, yeah. um having to to like merge. you move back up like I mean, yeah. even like something as simple as like I have the bobby pin right here, and now it's over there. That seems like but I, I knew where that bobby pin was. was. <laughs> yeah, but again, don't I have worry about me. For love, over here, right? I yeah. want to love and you know care for someone, but it's just like really thinking about somebody else being able to interfere all the my time. Space. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I feel it. I feel it. What do y'all think was the worst part? So we talked. about about like the best part is what do y'all think like the worst parts of moving around at that at that level are you know when I was younger um I read a lot of the um you know the Eric Jerome Dickey Mm -hmm. um Omar Tyree like those books watching the girlfriends and the Fear and Mary Janes and all the shows on tv or this idea that I was going to live in the same city as my friends mm-hmm. and like my social life was going to be um, like how I read and how I saw and then like going to work and like all these eventful shit like happening during the week, whatever. That's not how life actually mm-hmm. is, um, at least not for me or a lot of my friends. Um, friend, I know similar to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that unknowing like loneliness of even even when I go to new places and I'll, you know, through like 
Delta or other affiliations where I can meet new people, it's still very different. And it's very like, oh, I'm going out to be social, but that's different than if I was here with my friends or like mm-hmm. being able to just kick it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think too, I, ex- I also experienced in Seattle, at least a lot of the black folks were like there for a few years for their mm-hmm. jobs, either working at like Amazon, Microsoft or Boeing. So even everyone kind of had a fear of commitment in a sense. There was no sense of planting roots or planting seeds or again, at least in my experience of, of, of being there. So even then it wasn't any effort to like, oh, this is going to be for the long run. Mm -hmm. And granted through the different places, I still were able to make lasting friendships, but I just wasn't prepared for the amounts of things where it's like, oh, I really love doing things by myself, but sometimes I would like to do things Mm -hmm. with my friends or just chill and it not be the, everybody is an associate or kind of going out and meeting new people mm-hmm. um or also missing a lot of stuff yeah um because you're too far or it doesn't make sense monetarily or it's not gonna work with your schedule um yeah yeah, yeah I would agree I would agree um uh as far as missing things for sure um but then also the piece about like you learn kind of who you are, but you kind of don't have a choice in doing that. And then for me, I feel like everywhere I move is been for work. So you were asking me like at the beginning, well, what do you like to do for fun? Honestly, I don't remember, right? Because every every mm-hmm. place I moved has been for work. I work in a kind of twenty four hour work situation where like I'm always available if somebody needs to reach out for something. So you like joking about weekends, like I don't know what weekends off is. So it's like my whole life and it's not by choice like I'm not like oh I want to be a workaholic put my career first like I want to like have social life and um as I think about longer term uh moving close was um somewhat strategic because I do want to have some impact you know back in the city and so I feel like being closer I can do that now but I think all of these moves have been career driven um and I've kind of neglected like me as a person developing um like I know what I'm willing to deal with and what I'm not willing to deal with as far as like interactions with other people or some of those things so there's still been growth but then there's also been um a situation where I'm trying to you know figure out who is tangible without work <laughs> like what does that look mm-hmm. like so I think mm-hmm. uh, again missing some important things and then just trying to figure out who I am yeah well, you're in good company. If you've ever listened to Queen Tone, you already know. Right. <laughs> Let, this past episode, <laughs> episode 19. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. 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 Not any help. Um, do, do you think but now? You know, we're getting there. <laughs> yeah, slowly. Um, do you think now, kind of how you're talking about with the kind of the the negative or less appealing aspects of it? Going forward, do you think now your decisions to move or your pr- career progression? kind of takes more into account either the location or what's best for you as opposed to when you were first starting out. I know now, especially for me, like my decisions to move were 100% based on career progression, things yep. like that. Um, I think luckily it kind of helped that it was major cities mm-hmm. for the most part, even if it was cities far away or, you know, like in the Pacific Northwest. But now I feel like my decision-making is about me and then I consider my career or location or things like that. Um, would you say that was 
for you or even Nina in your your moves and relocations kind of where were you, where was your head at was it 100% career or would you consider now if you were to move or do anything like that is it you first um yeah can you hear me I um mm-hmm. so I have been able to be more selective um the last week and I work in college sports so most of the time I'm gonna be in college towns um there are a few you know schools that are in um metro areas and urban areas um uh, some that are in more kind of appealing places maybe if I want to see people that look like me that are not my student athletes when I leave work um and so yeah I do have an opportunity to be more selective I also have an opportunity to break away from the this life plan that I put together when I was a student um, that I've been kind of tied to, which has led to these. I, mean, I think we were talking about this um, this summer during one of the black events we were going to in New York. <laughs> uh, talking about like not holding yourself to the plan. So like the trajectory I'm on career wise right now, I um, I put together when I was like. 19 or 20 like right. I'm not who I was when I was 19 or 20 the things that matter to me mm-hmm. are the same um but you know yeah. does that mean it has to look like how it looks right now no I'm not tied to that and so um I do have more I will make more decisions or be more selective and continue to be more selective in the opportunities that I take um taking strategy into mind but I'm also trying to break away from uh, this is the picture I've drawn for myself. Let me make sure I stay within the lines as much as possible. So, um, yeah, hopefully that answers. Nina, I'll pass it to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, with the places I've lived in, you know, Los Angeles and Chicago since I left Michigan, so only two. I think my career is a little bit different in the aspect of there's planners everywhere because we kind of control everything that everybody does on a daily basis. So like, there's no shortage of jobs depending on the place that I want to go where you, you all are looking for a specific, like, Oh, like this team is good. Where is it's like, is the city big enough for me to like get enough clout that I feel like I want to work there? You know, <laughs> and it's like Los Angeles and Chicago, the, you know, New York, um, you know, Miami, I could go to any of those major cities and be perfectly fine. So I was never really, um, tied to a place I was just you know in Los Angeles when I went there I went there for grad school and then like just because of my profession California just has a lot of planners and they have a lot of regulations so like learning planning there really helped me and I could have stayed there and been completely successful but I moved um I can now admit with a lot of therapy you know to be closer to my partner and to be closer to like my family in in some sense and then also um wanting to explore other aspirations that I have for my career so it was like a trifecta not just not just about career because I could have you know kind of stayed and did whatever so it's so always a little bit different but I do think about location when I'm thinking about okay what's next for me um do I want to move back to a major market like Los Angeles do I want to go into a new market like DC do I want to you know potentially go down south to Atlanta but Atlanta is in a red state you know like I think about stuff like that but I can really move and do whatever because planning planners are everywhere and I'm highly employable, just like you two are. So <laughs> it's just, you know, a little bit different. Now, I, I mean, I did enjoy living in Los Angeles and I think it was better for me because I had friends who were from there 
um, and not transplants from there. So I had a bit more, it felt like I was rooted there. Like I had like mm-hmm. extended family in, in many instances, like Thanksgiving, you know, we all was always at the Cottons, you know, I was always, <laughs> you know, integrated in straight family plans, the Christmas party, the yearly party, everybody knew me, I knew them, you know, I would do the gift exchange just like everybody else. Um, so it was a little bit different where, I was rooted there for seven years. And so it, I I felt like I actually, in, a, in some ways, I felt like I grew up there. Like my adult life, mm-hmm. the adult Nina completely matured in Los Angeles. And so it feels like a second home in a lot of instances. Chicago, I've, I've been here about three and a half years. It's four years. It'll be four years. Um, I was here during the pandemic. I had one full year of non-pandemic. And then pandemic started. So I still feel like I'm getting to know Chicago in a lot of ways. And a lot of my friends are in Los Angeles. But like you, Dana, said earlier, and Sandra, I know you can uh, identify with this. Like, long-distance friendships have been, you know, my things basically since I moved to Los Angeles. So Mm -hmm. that didn't change a lot of my friendship. It just pivoted depending on where my location was. Yeah. I will say, too, what I realized about a lot of... um my like how I even I guess slice up my life or even my memory is on the locations of things of like oh I was living here when this happened or I was so not that I was a completely different person everywhere but I can remember like this gap of who Dana was even where was I yeah yeah, even me before the pandemic which was Seattle and now after which was which is New York like those are to me those are two very different people very different time frames and it's I kind of break it up by the locations um Mm -hmm. versus like a employer or age or things like that it's like I can't remember how old I was for things but I can remember oh this was when I was here or when I was there before I was Mm -hmm. yep yep um I guess to to kind of close out on um diving into kind of how locating and and living multiple places can impact you um what would be your recommendation or either reflection to your younger self or to someone who may be considering um well should I guess post-pandemic with certain things being remote and things like even where people work and and how far they have to travel may shift but what would you all recommend um people like consider if they want to live different places so do it definitely if you have the opportunity um yeah well what would you all say your advice um I would say do what seems like the best thing for you like I can't give like a cookie cutter like you should absolutely go you shouldn't go because I feel like my life could have been one way if I stayed at home could have been excellent if I stayed at home or it could have been excellent, you know, as I traveled and all. So I think ultimately, look at the list of stuff that matters. Like, if you're going to be crying every night because you're away from family, like, don't do that. <laughs> like, right? Mm-hmm. Like, don't do that. But, um, yeah. or if you, yeah. get home, if you get away and that starts happening, don't be afraid to go back. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's not a failure. Yeah. So just yeah. Lean my, into it. Yeah. yeah. Then my thing is, like, do what feels good to you. Like, when it, one thing I will do is go as we know from reading <laughs> And so like when it seems like the time has come to a yeah. close, like go and make it happen. But I don't have a solid answer. It's just do what ultimately feels best for you and just know that you can pivot at any point um, of your life, career-wise, love-wise, money-wise, like right. you can pivot. And so that's that's what I have. Yeah. 
be willing to take chances and be willing to bet on yourself. Um, I think taking even, because I know we all in college left. So like, I mean, I think, since you did internet. You went to Costa Rica? Or you, I feel like you did, you know. Yeah, I did. So, like, you know, I, okay. I was about to say, so I feel like if you get the chance to do that, like, doing that soft launch of, like, when mm-hmm. I got to DC and I was like, okay, like, I can do this. Okay, I'm figuring it out. Okay. And I feel like, you know, if you get a chance to go somewhere for a summer or go somewhere for an internship or something like that, you should absolutely do it when the stakes are low so that you can understand your tolerance um, for being from being away from everything that you might know. Um, but also, yeah, just don't be afraid to bet on yourself because if you would ask Dina and senior college, a bitch is trying to go to the University of North Carolina. What was I going to plan there? Could not tell you. Could not fucking tell you, but I just knew I was going to go to UNC and I was going to be somebody. Now, I probably would have been somebody, but I wouldn't be Dina that I am right now. Mm-hmm. So, I am somebody. No, that's right. Um, but, you know, like, but that, that would have been a bad somebody. Um, If you want to go somewhere, can I get my can I get my point off or not? Nah? Yes, yes, okay. yes. Um, <laughs> get your bars off. Get your um, bars off. I'm trying to I'm trying to school you kids. Um so anyway, you never know what if if you if you are open minded, what could be in store for you because you know you could be holding on for something good and you could be getting something great. That's all I'm saying. So don't be afraid to like take a chance and be like, you know what? If I had not gotten that was the only grad school I did not get into, I would have been whatever they called eighteen um, and planning somewhere in North Carolina or something different. I don't know, but now I'm, <laughs> I'm you know I'm bossy and I'm helping to run Chicago, so there's that. Um, yeah, I echo all of those sentiments. I would say if you, I think to me having to move around and even when I was a consultant and was constantly traveling, definitely, um, fueled my love and interest in like traveling. So even outside of having to move, but also kind of traveling by association, I guess. Um, and I feel like that's been such a, like as when I was younger, I didn't think that that would be something that I was so very interested in wanting to do and like travel and learn about the different places, all these type of things. So I, I feel like that's definitely connected to me having to move and just being able to navigate mm-hmm. a new when I think of like you can drop me anywhere, not under duress, but like you could drop me anywhere <laughs> and I would be able to get off the plane and be able to navigate and enjoy myself wherever yeah. and find like interesting things and keep myself occupied. Um no matter as long as you know my phone is working. Um and I realized that's such a skill of like just <laughs> being... my phone is working. Well, I think that's um, a caveat, but I know I just gotta add these little these little show. caveats. Um and being able to do that. So <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Um so yeah, I, I feel like that's definitely been I've learned so much about myself because of this. And granted, it would be nice if a few friends lived in the in the cities where I moved if I could just put put yeah, a friend in a pocket um yeah. but I do I do appreciate that a lot of as I move so often a lot of my friends come and visit so it's like a mm-hmm. you know you can have a little yeah dipper or a little fun, vacation, a, a little fun peek into my life yeah um 
and it'll be great stories. So I, I feel like I say I, I do a lot of shit for do it for the story, do it for the plot. And then also, so when I tell my kids and my grandkids about my life, they could be like, oh, granny was lit. Mm-hmm. That's True. what I do it for. True. You can take those stories back for sure. Yeah. Might end up in history, but sure. okay. all right. Well, thank you to our guest, Tangela Cheatham. Like, thank you for having me. Before we go, we got to get into this tone check. I don't think we had one last week. I'm not sure. Can't remember. No. Um, but this week, our tone check, you know, why don't you take us away? Can I can I fight EA to the to the front of the congregation? <laughs> I really, I, I really tired of him. I, as the read says, I would like to put him on the second shut in list because I would really like us to never mention him again. Um, this man, you know, during LA, New York Fashion Week, one of these fashion weeks where he's selling literal things in garbage bags. Like, I'm not making that up. Literal things in garbage bags and calling it fashion. Um, decided to wear a white light. Matter shirt. He has now gone to making some very, very um, anti-Semitic s tweets um, that got him kicked off the Twitter. Uh, which I thought that they were going to do that sooner, but you know, a win is a win. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, now he he went on Tucker Carlson. Had his interview. Of course, I did not watch it, but you know the blogs. Ha- I, I had no shortage of clips running down all of my timelines. Um, and then now he's he went on LeBron show. What's this? The the shop. The shop. They didn't air his because Maverick said that his shit was anti. Well, actually, he didn't say that. He said it was it was, it was uh, too much rhetoric. Yeah, it was too much problematic rhetoric. They're not gonna hear it. So then I guess Diddy decides, oh, we'll take him over at Drink Champs. Let this man say what he got to get off his chest. Um, And so he goes on Drink Champs again. Did not watch it, but saw several clips. And at this point, I'm just tired. Spreading ridiculous. This man is having a manic episode in front of us. Um, And I would like us to stop feeding into it. It just does not make sense. I want people to um, stop giving him a, a platform because this is the mm-hmm. this is the the same thing that I feel like they keep making a million different documentaries and movies about Whitney Houston. The constant theme was there was a cry for help and no one around her was doing anything to help because they were leeching mm-hmm. off of her. And I feel like this mm-hmm. is the same thing with this man. Um, or when people keep yep. giving the... I don't want to say excuse because it's still valid, but the death of his mother, but no one gives the same type of, of, of leniency or grace to women like Megan the Stallion, who literally nope. death after death after death of all these things keep happening to her, but we'll still give yeah. the grace to Kanye. I'm no longer even in the camp of blaming the Kardashians saying they put him in a sunken place. At one point he's, he's there willingly. Um, so it's not a, now black people need to go and save him like no this man needs help stop giving him a platform at this point i'm not even clicking on things of what he says it's all it's all right-wing talking points everything is a fucking circus like and yes he's talented but there are a lot of people who are talented who that's where it ends and begins is their talent and 
Right. That don't. That don't make up for. I feel like people be having like even yeah. Even when he's talking about, oh, my dad, he's a black panther, and I, do you pay your dad's bills? Okay. The answer, answer, answers. Do you give any money or financial backing to your father? Then of course he's not going to tell you the truth. Yes, no one. Yes, he has a bunch of yes men. Literally, there's no black panther who's going to fall into the trap of all white lives matter. Like we're smarter than that. Like, come on, let's not let's not do this. Let's not do this. And then the Um, whole Lizzo thing, fat shaming Lizzo, when you literally got on national TV and told us that you got liposuction because you didn't want people to compare you to Robert Kardashian. Like let's not let's not play these games, yeah. Yeah. Let's not play his, these games. And that's how his mother that's how his mother died trying to conform to beauty standards. So for him to but but there's the so many things gymnastics. that yeah, it's it's it's, just, it's the the it's disillusion, sad. the disconnect, <laughs> the narcissism, the all of it. Like get get help and and get off get and like get off platforms. Um because I don't want to yeah. hear it. Um, and so yeah, now he's now he's talking some more weird shit on the even the clips that I saw from Drink Champs and you know, you can't simultaneously say why lives matter while also asking us to help you save yourself from the Kardashian family who has kidnapped your black children. You have um, four children. Because those you two have four things, children. Those two things don't mix. You kept doing it, bro. You have four children. Mm-hmm. No, you can't have black children and then no, no. Or like this whole pulling the race card on the Kardashians, but then family, it just doesn't pick a side, bro. Do you pick one? Like, so it's just none of this is making sense. I would really like you to stop. Um, and that's just the end of it, honestly. Yeah. So um Second shot in, I would like everybody to stop retweeting him, reposting him. Yeah. Even in outrage, it's just giving him the attention. And honestly, the white validation he's seeking, which is very strange. Yes. Very, very strange. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Okay. I mean, respectfully, fuck him. Not yeah. respectfully, actually. I mean, it is disrespectfully. Cause he, no, because today, I, the, no, the clip that pissed me off, I mean, well, there were lots of clips where he said George Floyd died of fentanyl. Yeah, that's a that's a right right wing talking point. Yeah, I yeah, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, disrespectfully. Yeah, yeah, it's a wrap. But yeah, happy Halloween, y'all. A lot of clowns, a lot of jokes, a lot of rice ghouls. Um, stay safe. Um, yeah, thanks again, front or Tangela, for joining us on the show. Um and all the many, many places, all the places you'll go. Oh, maybe that could be a name of the I have to think of the name of the episode. All the places you'll go. Um yeah, we'll see y'all. We'll see y'all when we see y'all. Um every two weeks, but that's what an asterisk. Um right. Give or take about mm-hmm. right. All right. Until next. <laughs> until next time. We'll see y'all. Bye. This episode was produced by us and edited by Daner Cole. 
Our theme music is the track Same by Ricky Ells. Be sure to check it out on all streaming platforms. For questions, comments, feedback, or topic suggestions, hit us up at queentonepod at gmail.com. Be sure to also check us out and follow on Instagram and Twitter at queentonepod. Thanks for listening.